Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Hey, Carl, how are you doing? Hey, Graham, doing well. How about yourself, buddy? I'm very well. A man that lives up to many titles, including Jason Bourne and the, the George Clooney lifestyle of cross-border life. Cross-border, Carl. <laughs> we live vicariously through your lifestyle. Hey, you know, Carl, one thing I was really interested about was these innovation road trips that you're organizing. They just sound fascinating. You know, it just, for me, it's sort of, I don't know, there's sort of that tingling of possibility. Like last time we talked on the show, we talked about that sort of feeling you get when you go to new places and you rock up to a new city. And we we're talking about Shenzhen. We we're talking about Hong Kong. That sort of excitement. And when I heard this word road trip, it's not a word I often hear in business. So it all automatically, you know, immediately got me excited. There was something calling me. What's going on? Tell us a little bit about these road trips because it sounds fascinating. So I'm glad the, the marketing uh, efforts and time that we put in worked uh, by getting you excited with the word oh, road yeah. trip. Um, no, it's, it's, it's funny, um, you know, when you think about these trips, uh, and you bring up a very good point, most people think of executive trip mm. um, or executive tour or tour. Um, you know, for, for those that are listening, China has been very famous over a number of years of doing tours where different yeah. governments or companies are welcoming, welcoming groups and delegations to visit a particular region um, to learn more about it and um, really to attract business to their area. And it's a, it's a fascinating model and it's very good. Um, but uh, today you want something more when you're going to these regions. Um, and that's the way we felt. Um, so I went on a few of these kind of tours and they were fascinating. Our partners were great, um, but we only kind of stayed in one area which was that specific um, city that uh, brought us to um, brought us there, which is fine, but um, you want to do more. Mm. Uh, I mean, when, when you're traveling and we talked a little bit about this before as well, it's like, you know, you've got a, a 12 plus hour tr plane ride. You are dealing with time zones. Um, you are on the ground somewhere new. You want to experience it and you've put all this effort to come mm. Um see something else. And so we wanted to brand ours and, and also um, make them this way in, in such of a, a road trip. Mm. Uh, and, I, and I have such good memories from being a kid and doing road trips and going to several different places, doing a ton of things, you know, some spur of the moment, some planned and scheduled. And we wanted to give that kind of same, uh, same vibe. So we created the road trips. And the reason they're innovation road trips is it's all about you know, if you're a new, you're a high technology company, um, you are someone in IOT, you are a venture capitalist, or you're an executive wanting to learn more about an area. Um, in this case, the region of China and, and the country of China, I should say, and Hong Kong. Hmm. And so we bring you on this trip and we don't just land and stay in one area. We land, we go to um, three to four, sometimes five cities uh, over the course of five days, and during that time, you're you're really meeting with everybody um, that you need to to either do business development, to get to know the region, and see if it's somewhere where, honestly, you you may want to do business or not. Yeah, it sounds great. Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show. You mentioned road trips as a kid, mm -hmm. and I mean, you've obviously 
called it a road trip for a good reason. I mean, when I think of road trips, I think of those, you know, you, you have a destination that you want to get to, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of unscheduled stuff. It's the magic that happens in the gaps, isn't it? There's a lot of discovery as well. I mean, I'm trying to think of, you know, the big road trip movies that we all know. I mean, none, I, I, struggling to think, but I mean, every other movie in Hollywood's a road trip movie, isn't it? Of some sort is, you know, two, two, two guys or two girls go, get into a, a T-bird you know, where they've got the yep. guitar, which they can, you know, play on the guitar on the, on the road, Route 66, all those kind of cliches. But it, you know, I think the important part is it's discovery, isn't it? And you can't yeah. have discovery when everything is scheduled and, and you know, there's no sort of allowing allowance for, you know, the, the sort of the, the fuzzy stuff. So I, I don't know how it happens on your road trip, but I'm thinking like when you do a road trip in the movies, it's also those kind of like unscheduled events that happen to think, ah, all right, I've discovered something about myself and about, you know, the world around me and so on. Yes. Yeah, so you make a good point. Um, you know, and there's, I, I, I'm a big movie buff. Um, and so there's a ton of road trip movies that come to mind. I think, you know, aside from discovery, as you said, there is that little bit of elements of, um, of spontaneity mm. uh, and, you know, what, what happens that's not on the agenda and at the same time, uh, you know, you point out you always want to get to a destination. And, and for us, these trips are about discovery as that end of, end of destination uh, point. And in between, while we have stuff scheduled, it's about the magic that happens in those scheduled moments. Mm. And sometimes there's, you know, not so scheduled things. We had a dinner one night where uh, the reservations we had at one spot got canceled um, without being notified. And we ended up at another restaurant and it ended up being uh, 10 times better what any of us could have right. uh, put together. Um, another story for another podcast. But uh, yeah, we, we, we like to put good people with good people in the same room. Um, you know, For instance, if we go visit a corporation, uh, which is always important to do when you're visiting somewhere new for business because you want to get a sense of, you know, what is the business landscape? How are others doing business? Um, how do other executives kind of handle themselves in conversation, in business negotiation? What opportunities may there be? Whether the company is related to your industry or not, it's good to just kind of get that sense. And after the conversation, what generally happens is a second conversation mm. in that same moment where it's like, oh, We've told you about us. You've told us about you. Um, you know, this sounds exciting. Why don't we take a few minutes and, and, um, and uh, you know, learn more about each other and kind of get personal. And we, we did this with a corporation where we had six executives um, on one side of the table sharing about the company and different unique opportunities. Um, startups on the other side and a few investors who were sharing about what, what they were doing along with what their intent was in China. And everyone exchanged pleasantries and said, oh, that sounds great. Like, maybe we can do this or maybe we can help you here. And, you know, all of a sudden you watch the energy in this room very quickly rise up to the Mm. point where each side's like positively charged and excited about the potential of doing business. And afterwards, you're just like, okay, cool. Well, we've got about, you know, 20 minutes. Why doesn't everyone just kind of hang out, have some coffee, chat? And you see everyone moving and having one-on-one conversations. Those one-on-one conversations then turn into business engagements. And I think that 
is a little special flavor that we put into our trips is it's not just about meeting with an official from the government. It's not just about a company tour. It's about the chance to meet with the people you need or you're not sure you need uh, to know to do business in this new area um, mm-hmm. that you're visiting for the first time. And it gives you something more to, to kind of hold on to um, when you've just visited somewhere new. Are, they, are these uh, road trippers that come with you, are they from the U.S. mainly? So the majority have been from the U.S., but we've had people from India, from South Africa, right. from Europe, um, and from Latin America as well. So it's a global thing. We, we welcome everyone and anyone from outside of China to come with us to China, hmm. right? Obvious reason. And while we're there, we may invite a few people um, who are local to enjoy you know, some of the communal things that we'll do. Um, because we we love helping out some of the local uh, entrepreneurs uh, in the cities that we're visiting. So if we're in Shenzhen, you know maybe we're doing a big community event with um, you know Startup Grind or one of the co-working spaces, and we'll invite some of the local entrepreneurs to participate right. to be a part of that. But we also um, want to encourage those from around the region uh, to join in and and come on the the journey with us. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. I went on a, a one of those tours that you're talking about. I won't call it a road trip in your sense. It's one of the, you know, the, the standards. Let's meet all these people on this schedule type tour. And I did it with, and they shall remain nameless, a large <laughs> Chinese IT company. And I went. Oh, there was a group of us who went to Shanghai, and um, it's very sort of typical of how they're organised. And obviously, the people who are organised are organising under pressure to ensure that you turn up and, you know, they get you on that seat, right? You know, in, yeah. the, in, in the British English would say bums on seats, but, you know, yep. butts on seats, right? They make sure you had all those people in that room and, you you know, you've got to ask him this question, right? Get mm-hmm. everything prepared beforehand. And it was all sort of stage managed. I think stage managing is sort of how it sort of came across. And I can understand why, because nobody wants to make a mistake. No, mm-hmm. but, you know, the guy who's organizing the tour has got to make sure at the end of the day that, you know, none of these tour attendees like myself, who may be loose cannons, right? Mm-hmm. N- none of us are going to ask difficult questions, right? Every, you know, don't ask that question to that guy. You can't talk about this or, you know, just all those kind of things. Or don't poke around there. Don't look through the hole in the fence. You know, for people like me, it's like, what hole? Is okay, right, I'm looking through that thing, right? Very, very stage managed. And it's very frustrating. And going on this trip, the, the, the highlight of that trip was at the end of it, when we snuck out from the networking cocktails at the end, which was very sort of, you know, formal. Yeah, I didn't have those sort of, you know, those, those one-to-ones that you're talking about. And if it was a one-to-one, it was kind of like, you know, here's my business card and, you know, I'll do the pitch and all that kind of nonsense. We snuck out and then a group of us went to this local uh, Shanghai dumpling shop just around the corner, completely unscheduled. And we just sat there and just had a really good time. And it was like, okay, this is the last hour of our trip. We've got to get onto a plane, but this is the best hour that we've ever had, right? We were there for three or four days. Quite frustrating, I think, but I think that's the kind of frustrations you're trying to deal with, isn't it? That's the that's the problem. Is yeah, that- so we're we're trying to deal with it and we're trying to avoid it. So that's the thing is like, you know, you you put on an event, 
you know, let's just start there. You put on an event anywhere in the world at any time, it's stressful because you want to make sure you have butts in seats. You want to make sure everybody's taken care of. And for me, I'm, I am more of that way than I should be. And I always want to make sure people are taken care of. And I want to make sure, you know, this company meets this person, this person meets that company. And it's, there's so much pressure that uh, goes into this that, you know, it's, it's, it's something that when you attend one of these trips, you, you have to appreciate for a moment. Now, on the flip side, there are, you are coming on this trip to do something, um, you know, to sit and listen and, and mm. not get value is, is not what you want. And so what we have been trying to do, and we continue to listen and, and adjust and, and tweak, is, is do such. You know, try to avoid the, the structure like you just told me. Um, you know, very few times will we have a, a typical event like that. If anything, what I like to do is put people in a room. Um, this, is, this actually worked out marvelous, marvelously. Um, I brought a bunch of investors in in uh, Hong Kong and our startups. Hmm. And I said, okay, here's the deal. Raise your hand if you're a startup. Startups raise their hand. I said, okay. Raise your hand if you're an investor. Investor, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're, you know, a, a, a you know, corporate or services company. People raise their hand. Okay. For the next hour, I'm not going to talk at all. You guys are all going to talk. Hmm. Go. <laughs> now, what I did do is matchmaking which I love, you know, grab startup A, match them with investor B, grab an investor and say, you need to ask this company about X startup. You need to talk to this particular investor and make sure you, you know, um, you know, pitch this way, right. Kind of helping cue them, but not making it so particularly staged. Yeah. That's you feel the way you just mentioned that kind of uncomfortable feeling. But again, like at the same time, like you want to make sure that, you know, you're able as the organizer to make your partners look good and make your attendees look outstanding because they are, uh, and make sure that everything works for everybody. And that is exhausting and that is Mm -hmm. tough. Um, but again, I totally, I know, and I've been on the same trips as you. And for me, that was a huge pushback where it was like, come have fun. We're going to do business and we're going to do business, but let's be a little bit of flex. Let's be a little flexible yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, get what we want out of it. Yeah. I, I kind of feel when I go on those, those tours that I'm back at school, you know, and they even have the school bus, you know, where you have to turn yeah. up at 8.45, meet promptly at the hotel lobby. <laughs> and he's there with his clipboard. Okay, Brown, where's Brown? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been that dad before. Let's put it that way. I've, right, right. You know, Trying not to lose a kid at Disneyland right, is the right. way that I like to think about it. But let me ask you this. Um, if, if, if you were to give a piece of advice, because you did this in Shanghai, mm. and I think Shanghai and Beijing, the north and the south, are quite different in the way that they do, quite different in the way that trips are presented. So let me ask you, if you were going to give a piece or two of advice to a company who is going to go on a trip mm. based on your experience, what advice would you give them? to make sure they got the most value out of it. All right, so they're going to China for, as the first yeah, time? Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're going to China for the first time. Yeah. I'm talking to you. You're giving me your two pieces of advice. What are you giving me? Yeah. I yeah. think first things first, find a fixer. So find somebody like yourself who is a bridge between the two worlds, right? That would be my starting point because whether it's matchmaking or just kind of helping me get up the learning curve, you've been there. 
So mm-hmm. that'd be my first point. You know, just you know, if I went to any city and I said, right, I, I need to know what's going on, I'd find a local or somebody who knew that. That'd be my first port of call. And the second thing is leave some space as well for the unstructured stuff to really sort of soak it in. And I think you know, there's sort of a, an interesting part to this is that you know you can go on the tour type, very structured, or you can have more of a road trip. And I would go for the road trip if, you know, what I would look for is to come away from that. I would love to have all these kind of experiences and meet these people. I would also like to experience a bit of the city as well, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to look back on my time and think, oh, wow, you know, I went to Shanghai and I didn't actually see any of Shanghai, right? (laughs) You know, and I think it's, it's important as well is that it's not just business, but it's also experiencing the whole package, right? I mean, you've got to, you know, if you spent years and years just running around, doing tours you could visit all these places and see nothing and think wow i really missed out but you've got an opportunity haven't you i could go to you know i could go and have dumplings with kyle and maybe some local business guys some entrepreneurs at this local place you know really sort of down down at the hill type place that's what i'd like as well maybe not everybody's ready for that but no but i think you're spot on because um you know, you, you are in these cities and you're, you're paying to be there in some cases or some other cases you've given your time to be there. And it, it is important. I mean, we, we try to, in at least two of the three or, or uh, three of the four cities, um, so the majority of them, have a community type event where it's, you know, low touch, but it's the community. So you can kind of have and be a little free and open and feel a little startup-like, but not so claustrophobic that you're in a structured event, um, which gives you that kind of flexibility and freedom and gets you a chance to see the city a little bit, see a different part that you might not see. Um, and then um, kind of get loose mm. in the night um, or in the day, depending on the city, and get a chance to experience a culture, um, which is, is so rare and, and sometimes um, pushed to the wind it's uh, it's fascinating. I mean, uh, there's so many fun things that we've done. I can tell you, you know, that in between Hong Kong and Shenzhen and Dongguan and um, and Shanghai and all the, these other cities, that as a local or as someone who has visited or, or has spent time there, you would know. But if you're just visiting for the first time, you'd never get the chance to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's incredible. And I I would add to your advice. Um, two, two additional things. Um, and this will be in the show notes uh, afterwards. So it'd be good mm-hmm. for people to see these kind of four um, points is have a goal, right? Mm-hmm. Have a yeah. reason or have a plan of action while you're there. Um, you're not just going on vacation. You want to go on vacation, go on vacation. Mm-hmm. Have a reason uh, or something that you want to accomplish, right? You want to meet investors. You want to meet corporates. You want to meet one government official. Um, have that goal in your mind so you can check them off your boxes. And if you know what those are, share them with the person that you're going on this trip with. There's too many times where companies, and we fall into this as entrepreneurs as well, where we get so kind of wrapped up in ourselves and what we're doing that we yeah. forget to say like, man, I really just need to meet one person. This is the person. And if we would just share that, maybe it's not the direct person, but it's the person to that person. And now you've got the introduction. Um, 
And that leads into my second point is never, and specifically when you're international, never discredit an introduction or a visit. Mm. And the reason I say it that way is that we both know China very well. And when you meet someone, you never know who they're truly connected to yeah. and where they sit. Um, and very respectfully, right? So you may meet someone who you're like, uh, you know, I wanted to meet the mayor of this city and I got to, you know, the vice mayor. Oh, I just, yeah, oh, this is terrible. And it's like, actually, the vice mayor is in charge of all innovation and technology. And that's the person you want to talk to. Mm. So, so don't discredit the business card that you're being handed, the conversation, the, the handshake, that's all valuable for you being there. And the people that you meet or the tours you do, soak it all in because the one thing that's true throughout China and Asia as a whole, but we know very well in China, is it's all about relationships and how you build and maintain that relationship. So people want to help. And as you build your business, as you start to grow or you travel and you expand, have that in your back pocket as a relationship that you can build upon. So I'll, I'll add that to you. Yeah. The last part, I think I've made that mistake in the past. You know what? I've discredited somebody or, you know, I've, I've basically not necessarily given somebody the credit they do. Because, you know, they didn't have the title on the business card. And it's so true in Asia as well. I mean, here in Japan, China, I've done business all over Southeast Asia. There's a lot of people, especially when you sort of dig into that world of, you know, the fixers. I can't think of a better word, but they, they exist, right? I mean, you kind of are a fixer yourself, right? But, you know, I'm talking about like the Chinese fixer or the Indonesian fixer. These guys who speak pretty good English and they are a bridge into a world that you, you may not have access to. And they, they yeah. sort of often don't have the titles which match up their connections, right? And yeah. it's, it's completely independent of their titles in many cases. People have built these networks. They know these people. They're members of these clubs. You know, the kids mm -hmm. go to the same school. I think I've made that mistake. I mean, I can't sort of name names, obviously, but, you know. Yeah, I think we all have. Yeah. Everyone has, right? And, and if someone's listening to this podcast and like, you know what? I, I've never made that mistake. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you you're, you're, you're kidding yourself. Um, and it's okay. It's just going forward. Just remember that like you, you meet someone, it's a big deal on both sides. Yeah. Um, and treat that person with the utmost respect because you're right. You don't know who, who they're further connected to because that culture has been built in such a way that's different than anywhere else in the world. And, you know, in the United States, it's like, okay, yeah, I shook hands with this person. I may never talk to them or yeah, I know this person who knows this person who knows this person. And it's a loose introduction, but in China, it's like your, your word, you know, Graham, Graham's word can go very, very far uh, for someone. Mm -hmm. And it means, you know, 10 X what in some cases it may mean in other places in the world. And so that's just one of those things, lessons learned by both of us and everyone else. And we're sharing it now. So others don't make the mistake is just, understand the power of those relationships and take the right kind of advantage, right? Build the relationship true and make sure that, you know, it's a, it's a give and take for both of you. You help them as they help you. Yeah. I love this. I mean, I think 
this is the power of sharing the lifestyle, the cross-border car lifestyle, because it, it's kind of, you know, like last time we, we spoke about that speech that you gave, the Tony Robbins speech, right? <laughs> you know, you only really get to appreciate these places when you're making mistakes. And I think that's kind of, in a way, what puts some people off, isn't it? You've got to go out there yeah. and you've got to learn. I, I want to, can you indulge me a little bit here? Because I, I have this fantasy about doing a, I'm keeping this clean about doing a, an innovation tour myself, just like on my own. But, you know, I kind of like like the idea of getting my backpack, my business backpack, you know, with the laptop in it and a microphone and just going and doing all these places in Asia. I'm just trying to think, you know, if you could, you know, flipping it back onto you, Carl, if you could choose anywhere in Asia, I mean, obviously you're doing China now. China's such a massive market and it's growing. Mm -hmm. Is it somewhere you would choose that was real frontier? It could be in China. It could be outside of China. But, you know, it's, it's so frontier that it's a real challenge to go and organize an innovation tour there. Because, you know, I've got my ideas about the kind of cities I'd like to go and visit, which are sort of not off the map, but, you know, a little bit I remember, out there. I remember you and I talked about this. Um, and so I, I won't bring up the full conversation, but I think in terms of, you and, and, and a trip and, and kind of ideally, there's two. So I'll, I'll do China and then I'll do the rest of Asia. Hmm. So with China for me, the most fascinating and I think the most exciting. So if you're looking to do business, you're looking to raise capital, you are looking to learn, um, you have to look at the greater Bay Area. And that's the you know 11 cities, what was formerly known as the Pearl River Delta region, um, includes Hong Kong, Shenzhen, Dongguan, Foshan, Zhuhai, Macau. It is absolutely phenomenal, uh, the amount of innovation, technology, growth, capital, uh, entrepreneurship, everything, and in pace. Everything that's happening there is unreal. You get the chance to go to each of those cities, you will not only meets great people, but you'll get the chance to see business at such a pace you've never, never could comprehend. Mm. Uh, you'll see innovations that you're almost like, wait, really? This is, I thought this wasn't coming for a few more years. Right. That's happening on the ground. I mean, you know, you look at like transportation, industry 4.0, which includes manufacturing, robotics, you look at infrastructure, you look at hospitality, gaming, uh, finance, you look at all of these areas and, and more, and they're all just sprouting up. Um, and so for China, that's my my recommendation. Anyone looking to start in China, the greater Bay Area is yeah, a perfect yeah. start. Um, you know, Shanghai and Beijing and Nanjing, those cities can be amazing, Chengdu as well, but you don't have as much uh, uh, of a large reach. Um, you know, if you go to Shanghai or Shenzhen, you can reach these 11 other cities within almost uh, an hour, a couple hours of each other. Um, so there's just so much in, in a small area. And yeah. there's 70, 70, 70 million people in that region. Exactly. And I, I, I posted today, I mean, I, I don't want to plug my own stuff, but give me an opportunity that I posted today about the Greater Bay and I, I did the math on it and if the Greater Bay catches up with San Francisco Bay in terms of wealth, obviously it's a long way to go, but mm -hmm. it's completely possible. People would say it's when rather than if, right? 
Yeah. If and when it will be the world's third largest economy as a standalone, right? That's how big it is a seven trillion dollar economy. I know it's like right now yeah. about one point eight, one point nine trillion. So it's a way yeah. to go. But there you go. It's there. I mean, you know, as a standalone. Yeah, I mean, I'm in. You got yeah. me on that one. I mean, you got eleven cities and and when it's done here in the next um I think what is it, like two years or, or less, the infrastructure will be put in place. Seventy million people who can reach each other in an hour or an hour and a half. So now you've got this whole group of consumers that you've never been able to touch, reach, or feel, and now you have access to them. 70 million people in one region who do 1.8, almost $2 trillion in GDP, and who, if you break it down mentally, um, for those who who have not uh, heard of this and this is your first time, think of it as this. Of these 11 cities, you have the... New York of Asia, being uh, Hong Kong, if you will, financial institution. You have the Silicon Valley, San Francisco Bay, which is being Shenzhen. And then you have um, kind of the Los Angeles, Las Vegas, however you want to put it, um, kind of Hollywood uh, with Macau mm-hmm. uh, and some of the regional cities. So you have San Francisco, Hong Kong, and then you know, pick your coastal city that you want all in one area with industry throughout. Yeah. You, can't, you can't not visit it. And that's one of the places that we spend the most time and you know, I could talk about for hours, but that's another, mm. another day. The other, pot, the other uh, trip I would, I would say is if you don't do North China, hop into Singapore, mm. do Singapore, and then go into Malaysia, Malaysia to Vietnam, Vietnam to Thailand. Right. Uh, just because all four, I mean, Singapore being the most established, I think, um, you know, through and through Vietnam or Malaysia coming up, uh, Vietnam really starting to, to make some strides, but trying to figure out exactly their direction. And Thailand is on fire, oh, yeah. uh, you know, fireball emoji, fireball emoji, <laughs> um, for the show notes, because yeah. There's conferences. I, I met a, a great investor who's got, I think, a, a 10. Uh, I, I don't even want to quote it because it was hundreds of, it was, it was millions uh, upon millions of dollars uh, that they have to start doing cross-border investments. Mm. I think it was almost $100 million they were looking to start doing. So you've got a, a great uh, entrepreneur scene, um, specifically in IoT. Um, and then you have funding, you have uh, events, you have everything. So either do those, those, uh, those four countries or, uh, my recommendations. Greater Bay Area. Yeah. We only got one lifetime as well. It's not enough, is it? That's the, the challenge. Are you going back to that, that sort of cross-border investments, you know, the conversation is that, you know, when you talk about those, those Southeast Asian countries as well, what's really exciting right now is, is you go back to the Greater Bay and that sort of hub of wealth where all that capital is being produced. A lot of that is coming out and going into Southeast Asia because of the returns, uh, you know, these are real frontier markets for these investors, right? You know, you look, look at what Tencent are doing, what JD are doing and so on, they're buying up these e-commerce players across Southeast Asia. Uh, we, we haven't seen anything like this in a lifetime in terms of that concentration of wealth and activity. And that's what makes it so exciting. I mean, you can't compare, like, I mean, you have compared, for example, the Greater Bay to the US, but you can't compare the whole region Nowhere no. else. I mean, it would it would be like historically if you know the U.S. expanded, 
like it did sort of the early 20th century. And then all of South America and Central America were on fire as well, which they weren't, yeah. right? But you, yeah. know, you could imagine if that happened, that would have been the equivalent, right? You know, on the doorstep, Mexico was an emerging market and, you know, like Honduras, El Salvador, these are all like up and coming technology players, but they didn't, right? But that's kind of it's, what's going on in Asia. Is that fair, do you think? Yeah, it's so true. I mean, you, we, we may never, and I, I don't want to say never, we may not see in our lifetime for sure, uh, another growth region like this. The, the, the next comparable will, will probably be India, pending uh, a few things, and then Africa. But still, the mm. way that the Greater Bay Area is being built, it's unlike anything that we've seen um, or will see for a while. Um, just because of, of where we're at with technology, people, and consumers, it's just, it's, it's fascinating. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, I mean, it's two years to get the infrastructure built out left, you know? I mean, just well, it's, getting it's stuff done. Built. Right, right. Yeah, it's, that's the thing. Like, this podcast recording right now, some of that is already put into place. <laughs> exactly. It, it's ready to be flipped the switch. They're already testing high-speed rails that will get you from Hong right. Kong all the way up to Guangzhou or Foshan and Guangzhou in almost, I think, 30, maybe 40 minutes. Yeah, I know. Is that the maglev? Yes. Oh, man. I want to go on that baby. And they just opened the Macau, Hong Kong, Zhuhai Bridge, Bridge, which will now get you there in less than, I think, 25 minutes instead of an hour boat ride. That's the the longest bridge in the world. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's the incredible part about all of this. It's just things get done. You talk about innovation and you've got to appreciate as well, just things get done. Like if, okay, they're going to build this road, we're going to build this bridge. It's going to get done and we're going to do it by this time. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's, let's assess the situation. Is it needed? Absolutely. When are we going to get done? Here's the timeline. Maybe it shifts a year or so, but by goodness, that thing gets completed and that thing is open, ready to rock. Yeah, man. Do you, I mean, just on interestingly, because I'm sure this is a conversation that comes up with people, and I sometimes get this back home, and back home I mean back in the UK or the West. Do, do you ever get? I mean, when you sort of bang on about Asia, do do some people ever sort of say, "Hey, Carl, buddy, just back off a little bit"? You know, it's like America, America, America. I mean, you know, I personally I love America many, many good American friends. I love what America stood for, stands for. But, you know, some people have sort of interpreted that, you know, the rise of Asia is a threat to the US. Do you ever get people who are sort of a little bit ruffled feather-wise when you talk about Asia? Uh, not, not too ruffled. If anything, it's more of challenging because, you know, they've got a lot of questions or they've had experience in, the, in, in Asia before. And so they want to make sure that, you know, what's what's happening is is different than the experiences that they've had. So maybe they had a bad experience in China, for instance, mm. um, with like an old supplier and they just, their, their trust is a little, little broken. And so they ask those types of pointed questions, but no, generally, if anything, I get asked about it mm. when I'm not talking, I'm like, Oh yeah, you know, this, you know, this is what's happening in San Francisco or this is what's happening in LA, New York, blah, blah. blah. And instead they're like, well, what's going on with China? What's, what's really right. happening on the ground there? Like how is, the biggest question I get is artificial intelligence. You know, where, yeah. like, are they really going to take, like, is China really going to dominate artificial intelligence? And, you know, those are the types of conversations I get um, a lot of the times is mm. more questions about China and what's really happening. 
as opposed to, you know, sometimes the way the media hits it and yeah. people just want to be educated and, and they, they get excited to hear what's, uh, what's all happening. Yeah, I think it's important as well to distinguish what the media says and what real people yes. are saying. I mean, in the Valley, obviously you're based down in San Francisco. Are people increasingly asking about China? What sort of questions? I mean, not just China, but Asia. Is there a real curiosity in the sort of startup scene there? Yes. So, you know, the, the number one thing people used to go to China for was, was manufacturing, yeah. right? Cheap and then manufacturing, right? Cheap manufacturing. And then that changed. And what people started going to Asia as a whole for was financing. Um, and now they're going for customers. Mm. So it's interesting, you know, it was like, all right, you, we have this supplier relationship, then we have this funding relationship. Now we have this, um, you know, market relationship, uh, and you're starting to see that a lot more here in the Valley. You're seeing it in Los Angeles, even though it's a little different because that's the entertainment industry, which is a different conversation. You're seeing it in New York, Chicago, you know, uh, Detroit, uh, Miami, Dallas, you know, all these startup ecosystems throughout the U.S. are now all starting to have starting to pay to China, pay back to pay attention to China and have to pay attention to Asia as a whole because it's where their new customers are going to be. It's where their financing maybe come from. It may be um, where they have to start doing business that they didn't once think about because how much focus and necessity there is on being global as a company almost from day one when you get started. So yeah, I mean, here I'm, I'm definitely seeing a lot of, of interest in it for sure. Awesome. Carl, once again, thank you. Thank you for thank sharing you, your sir. cross-border life. <laughs> thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Find out more. ATP.show slash Kyle. You can go and check out. Yeah, exactly. Go and check out his episodes. We're just getting started. More to come. Awesome. Thanks, Graham. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at ATP.show.